And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Coming Attractions for Monday, July 17th. Yeah, we're a couple of days ahead of schedule. And I'll tell you the reason why right now, because I can honestly and ceremoniously tell you that this is going to be a big week. We already know it's going to open and we already know that it's going to be with a bang. So um, to help prepare and celebrate it, we're dropping this week's edition of Coming Attractions a day or two early. But here she goes. Monday, July 17th. That's today. Past lives at 420 and 645. More on that in a bit. Tuesday, July 18th. Past lives at 420. 2645. That will be open caption, something we've come to love and enjoy. Wednesday, July 19th, past lives at 420 and 645. Thursday, last chance to see past lives at 420 and 645. Because on Friday, July 21st, guess who comes to town? That's right, Opie. Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's latest epic. Oppenheimer will play Friday, July 21st at 3.20 and 7 o'clock. Yes, that's an early start uh, because it's a long feature. It runs three hours, so be prepared for some epic cinematography from Christopher Nolan and company. Friday, July 21st, Oppenheimer opens at 3.20 in the afternoon and 7 o'clock for the nightcap. Saturday and Sunday then, how about this for opening time, 11.45, and then again at 3.20 and 7 o'clock. Sunday is the same time as Saturday, 11.45, 3.20, and 7. Then Monday through Thursday of next week, and it will extend beyond that. I'm here to tell you right now, Oppenheimer will play at 3.20 and 7 o'clock. Tickets are currently on sale. And uh, for once, I'm going to recommend that you uh, buy a couple of tickets online. That'll help us here to uh, get the people seated through the concession stands, armed with popcorn and their favorite beverage, and into the auditorium to watch the this uh, soon-to-be classic award-winning feature presentation. All right, so there's your schedule. Past lives until Thursday at 4.20 and 6.45, and then Oppenheimer at uh, 3.20 and 7 o'clock Friday, 11.45, 3.20 and 7, Saturday and Sunday, and then 3.20 and 7 into Monday through Thursday of next week. Let's talk about past lives a little bit, shall we? And I'm in a state of hyper-relaxed hypnosis to review the past lives. But this one is a an excellent film. Um, it is cool and calm as a cucumber. And uh, it's currently hanging at a 98 and 93% on tomato meter to stay at that level. Well, consider that Asteroid City, my personal favorite of the year, currently sits at 73 and 62. Well, how is that possible? Well, let's ask around a little bit. Corey Rudruff of USA Today says, Past lives is an emotional powerhouse. It's a romance that's not meant to be, and a film built on the immigrant experience and the power of empathy and honesty in difficult situations. Let me repeat that. It's a romance that's not meant to be, and a film built on the immigrant experience and the power of empathy and honesty in difficult situations. Boy, who hasn't uh, <laughs> come nose to nose with that? Lastly, Ryan Syrak um, of the Omaha Reader suggests that... It's an embrace of every hitch and hiccup, every missed opportunity that has led you to be who you are. It's a dirge, an elegy for who others saw you to be, but who you never were. 
It's an innocent idea, a dangerous daydream, and a painful pleasure. Me. Every decision counts, and there are no guarantees. So you get all of that mixed up into a a wonderfully relaxing cinematic experience with past lives. I was very impressed with the um, uh, writer and the director uh, coming to find out that she has a background of uh, being a playwright. So I think that makes a little sense and helps to uh, answer the question is how can somebody be so good on their first effort? Christopher Nolan, it took him several attempts before he gained the stature of, oh, I don't know, Batman Returns, Tenant, uh, uh, interstellar i'm still a huge fan of uh, memento which was his second effort as well as prestige i thought prestige was an incredible film that was highly underrated and so we'll see what he does with um now uh, one of the greatest stories really ever uh the story of j robert oppenheimer you know that story right everybody knows the oppenheimer story um, but maybe you don't know a couple of uh, background uh, tidbits that might help a little bit. I'll share with you. And why not? My my job is to share. One, but maybe you don't know this. Maybe you do. Our booking agent initially had Oppenheimer scheduled to open at the pavilion. Okay. Our big brothers and sisters up the street. Despite the fact that I have been playing each of Universal's five trailers in successive weeks and doing everything in my power to manufacture enthusiasm for this cinematic gala here at your favorite local one screen. Upon receipt of this devastating news, I, A, blew a fuse, B, called all three people uh, looking down upon me on the FAE, Faraway Entertainment Food Chain, of which, one of which was vacation in Europe. C, started the now infamous LKD campaign, let Kevin decide, and listed the 19 reasons why Historic Linwood is the better venue for this blockbuster to debut, including the standard closing plea of, you owe me. So, and guess what? We won. Despite creating a bit of redundant work, we made it happen. And here it is, starting Friday. I am genuinely pumped. Needless to say, you should be too. Thanks for all your help and support. Now, I owe you. Okay, back to the present tense then. I had a uh, um, a trio of younger fans in on Friday night, I think it was, and one of them I had forgotten. Uh, we had engaged in conversation during, uh, oh, I know, it was um, Halloween when we played The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, and uh, I told him at that time, and we exchanged notes on one of my favorite pastimes, which is trying to find a local island, if possible, connection with the, the current movie. And he reminded me that with the thing, uh, the the dog in the film uh, once lived on Bainbridge Island along with his handler and trainer. And, uh, and that was about enough to set that little trivia piece and uh, keep it running. So after watching the final uh, showing of Asteroid City, uh, I said, have you seen the trailers for Oppenheimer that have been running? And he says, yeah, I've seen a couple of them. And he looks at me and he, with a, a, a winking, sparkling eye, he kind of says, so what's the connection to Oppenheimer? <laughs> and I said, well, interestingly enough, it's me. <laughs> How so? He said, well, um, perhaps you don't know this, but uh, um, as well as a lot of people, 
influential or otherwise. Um, I wrote a screenplay where the period of time covered was 1942 to 1962. And one of my characters just happened to be J. Robert Oppenheimer. Now, he wasn't a primary character, but he played a major part. And as is the way with screenwriters, especially covering historical fact, there's a lot of ground that needs to be made up as far as pushing your narrative and moving the story along. So what happens is this, you take the obvious and the known, and you work around it, you do plenty of research, and you do plenty of study, and you read everything, including the 500 pages of American Prometheus, and you invent conversations, uh, in this case, between between Robert Oppenheimer and Leslie Groves, between Oppenheimer and Harry Truman. Was anyone currently living in the room when those conversations took place? No. Therefore, the screenwriter has license to pretty much put words in uh, his people's, his characters' mouths. And uh, in this particular case, I did so with uh, great pleasure uh, for Robert Oppenheimer, Harry Truman, Leslie Groves, and everybody else that was uh, starring in my screenplay. So with that as the backstory then, when I saw the first trailer and mixed it into the playlist and I was up in the booth doing the check, the obligatory check of the playlist to make sure that everything's working okay, uh, and the first trailer came up, there was a scene in there that just froze me in my tracks with chills down my spine and goosebumps on both arms. Why? Well... It seems that Christopher Nolan and I had something in common because we both created a number of scenes that were exactly as I initially envisioned them and captured them and copyrighted them and sent them to the Library of Congress for safekeeping. Okay, so what are the odds that Christopher Nolan pinched a copy and used a couple of my scenes for his portrayal of Oppenheimer and the upcoming movie? Hmm small. When I mentioned this to some of my local filmmaking pals, they kind of said, well, you know, you're thinking plagiarism, you're thinking that you could sue the guy and retire to an island in Puget Sound, <laughs> surrounded by water and your friends and maybe managing a movie theater. But uh, good luck with that. So one thing led to another conversationally, and I decided, you know what, Here, here's my, my truthful feelings. And I did share this with a couple of our a couple of our regulars uh, on Friday night, and I said, you know what? Um, a, I'm I'm not going to sue Christopher Nolan. B is even if I did have the money to hire legal counsel, it wouldn't fly because it's just it's a coincidence, right? Or is it? I haven't seen the entire movie yet, so I'll tell you like on Friday. Um, but my my take is this: uh, that I'm honored. I'm, I'm flattered and I'm honored that uh, Christopher Nolan would have the good sense, the good taste, the talent and the skill to take this story and create a couple of scenes that uh, pretty much mirror what I had written three years ago. So that's all there is to it. End of story. All right. Well, again, we'll see you on Friday. <laughs>
I'll tell you more on Friday. And be sure you come back and listen to our podcast of next week, which will probably drop on Tuesday. And I'll have a lot of good things and a number of reviews and a number of conversations with you after your viewing about how Oppenheimer has played, how it's played out, how it's opened, and share with you some of the stories from around the world as other theaters from Mozambique to Montana uh, show this film opening on Friday. We are proud to have it, and I'm looking forward to it, as you could probably believe, as much as I looked forward to Christmas morning when I was 12 years old. Let's go over the schedule one more time, and we'll cut you loose. Monday, July 17th, Past Lives at 420 and 645. Tuesday, Past Lives, 420 and 645, open captioned. Wednesday, same schedule, 420 and 645. Thursday, ditto, Past Lives at 420 and 645. And then Friday, give me the dramatic music in the background. Friday, July 21st, Oppenheimer, 3, 20, and 7. Saturday and Sunday, July 22nd and 23rd, Oppenheimer at 11, 45, 3, 20, and 7. And then Monday through Thursday, at the very least of next week, July 24th to 27th, Oppenheimer again at 3, 20, and 7 o'clock. That's it for today, folks. I've given you all I know. There's the background. There's the story. There's the hunch. There's the future. There's the past. It's great to be with you in the present. I'm Kevin. It's the Historic Limbwood Theater Podcast and we will see you soon.